Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form. And void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Today it is my assignment, I believe, to preach to you on the subject canceling the culture of chaos. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. In our opening text, verse 2 is a, a very intriguing verse to me because it says that after God created the heaven and the earth, that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Some translations render that that the earth was chaotic, full of chaos. Uh, whether or not that is completely accurate, one thing is for sure, it certainly looks like chaos, does it not? When, when there's no form, there's no uh, substance, it's void, it's, it's dark. I have uh, taught and preached on this possibility that perhaps God started it out uh, to give us a vivid illustration of what happens when his spirit comes and then he speaks. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and I love that interpretation. Some theologians suggest that uh, since Satan was kicked out of heaven and sent to the earth, that all that happened pre the creation of Adam and Eve. Now, I don't know about all that. Uh, I believe in the six day creation, so I don't have a tendency to really believe that. I, I don't know all the answers to the question, but I will say this, that regardless of what caused what appears to be chaos, whether it was just God created it without form so that he could illustrate for us how to set things in order through his spirit and by his word, or whether there was some uh, prehistoric battle, and then God had to come back in and clean it up. The end of the effect is the same, that the word of God, through the heat of the spirit of God, has the power to bring order into a chaotic situation. Amen. Can I get another amen? Amen. 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 Uh, as I looked at these waters, I, I got to thinking about, uh, <laughs> it just followed me for me, I got to thinking about sea creatures. You say, where in, the, where in the world are you going this morning, preacher? <laughs> well, I, I was thinking about a creature that's referred to in the Old Testament as, uh, as Leviathan. Uh, Leviathan is a symbol of chaos. The biblical Leviathan is often seen as representing chaotic Forces In the Bible, Leviathan is depicted as a formidable, untamable sea creature with descriptions hinting at a reptile-like uh, entity. It's often utilized symbolically to represent chaos or evil, especially <laughs> in the face of divine order or goodness. In Isaiah 27, for example, the Bible says... Uh, that the Leviathan is referred to as a, quote, piercing serpent, end quote, and as a, quote, crooked serpent, end quote, that the Lord is going to punish. Yeah. This creature is often interpreted symbolically as representing chaos or evil forces opposed to God's order. What is chaos 
I believe that chaos can be simply defined as disorder. If it's out of order, it's chaos. And God is a God of order. Read your Bible. God may be patient with disorderly men, but he is not tolerant of disorderly men. He will hold us accountable. One of the things about Judgment Day is that you don't always get judged on the day that you uh, perform the offense. But one day, sooner or later, honey, God is going to reconcile the books and he's going to bring everything that has become disorderly back into its proper order under his headship and authority. Amen? Amen. So chaos and evil uh, are, are connotations specifically related, related to this beast that we call Leviathan, which I think is another uh, spiritual term uh, ascribed to Satan. That Satan is the author of confusion. Certainly, God is not. The Bible teaches that. And so what does Satan do? He comes against the order and the authority of God Almighty. He has from his very first offense when Jesus kicked him out of heaven. Chaos took on evil connotations with the human fall into sin as per Genesis 3. The Bible traces Hebrew words for chaos through various books associating chaos with evil or malign forces at times. When we think about it, we understand then that the serpent, particularly in the book of Genesis, uh, uh, Genesis narrative is often seen as a symbol of chaos and evil. And we know the serpent to be the devil. Somebody say amen. Yes. In the narrative of Adam and Eve's temptation and fall, the serpent tempts them to disobey God, bringing chaos and evil into the previously ordered and good creation. Do you want to know what's wrong with the world today? It is the chaos that was the fruit of the root called rebellion. Rebellion is the root. Chaos is the fruit. And any time you see something out of order, you can trace that fruit back to the root of rebellion. Where you're someone somewhere has put God's word and God's authority into question and rebelled against what God has said and what God has ordered. The Bible uses imagery of serpents, dragons, sea monsters, and other creatures often associated with chaos to talk about spiritual forces of evil. This chaotic imagery underscores the struggle between divine order and chaotic evil, which is ultimately overcome through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I remember the day when sin just about took my father's life. He came within 10 minutes of bleeding to death uh, due to an accident related to drugs and alcohol usage. But I also remember the day he came home a different man because Jesus restored order in his life. Amen. He repented and got right with God. God flooded his heart and soul 
Amen. With the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Next thing you know, those things that were out of order in his family life become to come into order. Next thing you know, he took the spiritual leadership of the household. And then God began to save his sons. And God began to raise them up. And we have now a ministry here with you today because God the Holy Ghost of the redemptive work of Calvary restored proper order in my father's life. Amen. And he took the leadership that he needed for his family. Why, why are families falling apart? May I submit to you that it's largely because moms and dads are not assuming the God-given authority as parents that they need to be exercising. They're letting the government raise their kids. They're letting entertainment media raise their kids. They're letting anybody and everybody have a voice in their life but themselves. They've been told, just let them live and let them do and let them figure it out on their own. And thus, there's absolutely nothing that can bring more chaos and destruction to a child than to lead them to their own devices without the order that God put in the family unit. Can I get an amen this morning? order in your home, get in line with the Word of God. Amen. God's at the top. The father is a spiritual leader. The mother falls under his leadership and the children fall under them all. That is the biblical order. You say, well, I don't have a husband to fight this battle with me. Anymore. Well, let me tell you about one who can step in and fill in as your husband. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. There's no excuse for it. Just get in line with the Word of God, and God can restore some order in your life. Amen. But you take authority. And you don't apologize. You're not supposed to be their best buddy. You're supposed to be their lifeline. You're supposed to be their spiritual guide. You're supposed to be helping them avoid catastrophe and imminent dangers and threats that can snuff the very life out of them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's time for the church to quit being pansy wasted and start rising up and being counted with the authority of the Word of God over their families. Amen. 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 Do not let this Hollywood world fill your children with their morals. Amen. I, I, I strategically and intentionally selected my title because of the cancel culture that we're living in today. Y'all heard of that expression, the cancel culture? Basically, what it is, is it's, it's a cover-up communist propaganda machine that's got us thinking that they have the moral high ground because they feel sorry for everybody that's going through uh, uh, alternate lifestyles and they're friendly and we're hostile and they did, we need to shut up and, and just let them and now we've got doctors and nurses mutilating children illegally in our hospitals because some uh, I just about to say something I going to regret because some knucklehead somewhere in Washington uh, uh, passed a law and legalized the mutilation of children these kids don't have no idea of who they are or what they need at 8, 10, and 12 years old are you hearing what I'm saying? let a kid be a kid and wait till they're a legal adult then they can decide whatever they want to do but they better hear that if they're a girl they're a girl and they better hear if they're a boy they're actually a boy they better hear that God created them in the, the likeness of his. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's time to rebuke the spirit of chaos and confusion in our culture today. It's all around. It's so chaotic. Politically, you don't know who you can trust anymore. Of course, it's probably always been that way. But it's a whole lot worse now than it ever was. Yeah. Look at what's going on in Israel. Chaos. We need to pray for Israel. 
Because of the spirit of chaos in the land. Disorder, disruption. Did you know that the one world government powers that be, and there is a one world government push going on right now, whether you realize it or not. They're trying to weaken every superpower in the world so that they'll all surrender under the economic and geopolitical pressures and then just fold whenever the economy collapses. Well, we just now need to say, and it's setting it up for a one world government under what the Bible describes as the Antichrist. You know what the Antichrist is doing? He's deceiving the nations right now. He's in right now, and he's just about got her done. He's deceiving the nations. And meanwhile, all we can think about is what's on Facebook or what's on Instagram or, or the next movie or chick flick that we're going to watch and we're drunk and on media while the world's on fire and going to hell. We have bought into the chaos and the confusion and the winds of change are upon us and we haven't even taken the time to wake up and get a backbone and start standing for what the Word of God actually says. Chaos. God's Spirit's still at work in the world. Yes. Since hell the church is raptured out of here, God's Spirit's going to be ever-present. Yes. I don't want to be a part of that world uh, where the absence of God uh, allows it unrestrained to go run off, completely, right. completely run off the rails. These, uh, these world powers uh, who want to perform genocide through all kinds of means and uh, shady deals and underhandedness. Yes. I personally don't, you can write me later and criticize me if you want to, just keep it to yourself today. I personally believe that COVID was a part of a greater effort to try to kill off a large percentage of the population because there's people in power that would rather us be restrained and, and, and keep the world from getting too large because they don't right, the more people are the less control they have. Right, 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 right. right. I just went on a conspiracy yeah. theory and rabbit trail right there, did not it? What's my point? Whether I'm right or wrong, you'll have to forgive me if you disagree. I'm willing to admit that I could be wrong. I hope I am. But regardless of what men's intentions were, I know what the devil's trying to do with it. Amen. And it's obvious that the devil's trying to take full advantage of the chaos that he has wreaked it with. When in your lifetime have you seen the whole world's economy shut down for weeks? Right. The end times are upon us, and Satan is sowing seeds of discord and chaos and confusion. Fathers rising against son, mothers against daughters, and father-in-laws against son-in-law, daughter-in-laws against mother-in-law. And, and, and everything Jesus said was going to happen is happening right now. Amen. Why people can't even, now who used to get along real good, can't even sit in the same room because they don't agree politically on who they should vote for. Amen. Hatred, yeah. chaos, confusion. And the, and the worst part about it is the church that should know better has let it creep in and take over our churches. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm here today to declare that God puts things in His order and we better get in line with Him or we better get out of the way. Right. That's right. Chaos is not welcome at Washington Heights Baptist Church. Amen. We will do things decently and in order and we will do things biblically or we won't do anything at all as far as I'm concerned. Because chaos no longer needs to be allowed to lurk in the shadows. Oh, we know that problem exists, but as long as we keep it here, it's not a problem. Oh, it's a problem because it, it snaps at you every time it gets a chance. 
problem with churches is we got our pet reptiles. Oh yeah, it'll cuddle up to you for the most part, but then when it's ready to strike, it'll strike. Amen. And you'll wish you had dealt with it. But now it's choking the life out of the church. A spirit of Jezebel, a spirit of rebellion against the prophet of God, against the man of God, against the authority, and against the word of God. And now we have bylaws that fall more in line with men's traditions than they do the very precious word of God. And I still say, and I will always say, that if there's ever a violation between the bylaws and the Bible, we're going with the Bible any day of the week because it's a much higher authority than any man-made document that anybody can put together. Amen. And if anybody ever rebukes me as a pastor of this church for making a spiritual decision that by Violates the bylaws. If you can't bring me a Bible verse to show me where I'm out of line, then you need to keep your mouth shut and stay in order with the Word of God. Right. Yes. Yes. You say, I don't like that kind of preaching. Well, I don't like it either, but guess what? God told me to say it. So here I am. Yeah, I do it. It's the truth, it's the Word. Canceling the culture. Of chaos. God set things in order. The fall of man messed it up. Anytime there's chaos, there's sin. There's sin. Somebody rebelled against the word of God. Oh, but the serpent is so sly. He's slick now. He'll sell you a devilish doctrine. Quicker. Amen. Yeah. Then the, the place that's going to feed you lunch, they'll send you a plate to eat. Yeah. And he'll make it sound so good and so juicy and so nice and so pretty and so comfortable. And he'll have you compromising the Word of God. And he'll have you believing that you're right and the Word of God is wrong. Right. He'll have you believing, well, I know what I believe, but I disagree with that preacher now. It's funny, everybody that has ever disagreed with me since I moved here has not once showed me in the Bible where I was wrong. Not once. And so I'm going to continue to ignore that mess. Because there's nothing but mess and chaos and disorder unless you bring me to the Bible and show me spiritually where I've been out of bounds. What I'm doing is I'm taking the oversight there up this morning spiritually. The Lord said there's chaos in the church. The Lord said there's a spirit of chaos. He said, God don't talk to people like that. Well, he does. I wouldn't be here if he did. God wants to crush the spirit of chaos. <coughs> Bring order. Restore unity. So are we doing just fine, preacher? Really? Do you really think we're doing fine, or is that just your flesh trying to convince you and excuse your divisiveness? Are we really doing that good? When people won't even come to the church because they know there's people here that'll run their mouth about them and they'll gossip and they'll challenge the authority of the church that, that God put in place, and people don't even want to put up with it, so they don't even come. That's right. So let's just go ahead and talk about the white elephant in the room. It exists. It's here. And everybody knows it, but nobody but the preacher or maybe the deacon won't talk about it. What I'm trying to do this morning is, is take the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit 
and set a new precedent that there's a new sheriff in town and his name is Jesus Christ Amen. and the word of God. Amen. And we, if we don't get back to doing it the Bible way, we can't be cowardice about it. We can't be apologetic about it. We can't mealy-mally around and kick the can around and hope that we never have to deal with the real issues. No, it's time for that snake's head to be cut off and the authority of God's word to take reign and rule in this church. Amen. Amen. The champion of chaos is Satan. As we've already as we've already explained, Leviathan is symbolic of Satan. Uh, who represents the chaotic and evil forces that come against God and His Word and His people? And Jesus defeated Satan uh, at every encounter. Anytime Jesus has ever encountered the devil, he's whispered. From the time that he witnessed him, I mean, he kicked him out of heaven so fast it looked like lightning. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. To the time where he went 40 days and 40 nights and attended to the devil in the wilderness, and all he said is, it is written. Now, if Jesus only uses written scripture to fight his battles, why do you expect me to use your Bible? Amen. Amen, brother. Hello. I'm not going to do it. Because what bylaws do is hold people captive to a man-made system of rules. And, and we got pastors studying the bylaws on how to figure out how to get the church moving forward instead of figuring out how to uh, study the Word of God to get the church moving forward. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're figuring out that bylaws, that by large, when they're already used, they're usually used negatively instead of positively. They're not for the legal protection of the church. They're for the protection of those that want to maintain a tight grip on the control and influence of the church right. so the church can't do what they don't want the church to do. Right. And it's time that we get rid of that attitude and that philosophy and get back to figuring out what God wants us to do and let God be God and every man a liar. Amen. 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 I, I'm all for bylaws as long as the bylaws are legally tight and protect the church. But if they start causing spiritual problems, we need to identify them. And we need to be willing to say, well, in this particular instance, we got to take it to a higher authority. And again, amen. Yeah. Are we okay so far? Anybody need an oxygen mask? <laughs> so Satan is a champion of chaos. And what are the uh, companions of chaos? I'll just briefly list them. I don't have time to preach on all of them. But you think about the, 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 uh, the companions of chaos. What does the spirit of chaos use to propagate its Influence. Here's a here's a bunch of here's a bunch listed. Disruption. Discouragement. When I, when I read the word disruption, the Holy Spirit said, quote this verse. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, that's disruption. Yeah. Satan wanted to catch you off your guard. Right. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what that is? That's the devil trying to get you disrupted and discouraged and distracted from putting your faith in Jesus. Amen. Amen. The enemy will come in like a flood. But you know what the rest of the verse says? When the enemy comes in like a the flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard or a banner or flag against them. That's the Holy Ghost saying, Mark and his territory say, hey, not here, not now, devil. This was mine. Amen. Yeah. 
and God will have his way. Amen. He, through the counsel of his own will, the Bible says, he does whatsoever he wills. You know, if that means, that means he never invited you or me to that party. He, he never invited a single human being to that discussion. He said, this is what I'm going to do. Yes. So you can go ahead and rebel against God if you want to. Try that. Go ahead. It ain't going to end well for you. Because the spirit of chaos only reaps a whirlwind. Fear, lies, hatred, strife, hell-bearing, gossiping, all of these are tools and companions of chaos. Amen. Did you notice that while right before God said, let there be light, the Bible says darkness was upon the face of the deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So not only does chaos have its companions, but chaos uh, uses that darkness as a cover. It takes advantage of your blind spots. Amen. That's why a church down the road, and I won't call the name, has secret deacons meetings and secret uh, business meetings, not informing the parties that they knew would be against whatever it was they're trying to vote in. And they knew they had a majority, maybe, if they coerced and connived and hid in darkness. Uh, and so they rallied up the troops they thought they could get to pass. Where is God in any of that mess? Right, right. They run off the pass for doing it. It was out of order. And I hope they hear me preach this on the radio one day and get right with God. That's right. Because that's rebellious. That's simple. It's out of order. I don't care if you do get a majority to vote on it. If it's against the authority and order of God's word, it was done without a heaven's authority on it. Amen. 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 Are we good? Amen. Yeah. You know why churches don't mess Because preachers, got, they've gotten afraid to speak plain. Yeah. You know what God did when he decided to fix the chaos? The very first thing he did was turn on the lights. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah, have you ever tried to work in a dark room? You men have worked in shops and built cabinets yes. and different things. You can't do that stuff in the dark. You cut your hand off. You cut your hand. Amen. God said, well, first thing I'm going to do to fix this dark mess, I'm going to turn the lights on. So let there be light. And the first thing God wants to do when He fixes it, wants to fix chaos in the church, is He exposes the old devil. And He exposes that demonic influence. And it turns the light on the sin. And it makes everybody feel uncomfortable. But that's great because now we can do some Holy Ghost surgery. But I thought we were doing pretty good. Well, let the Holy Spirit reveal some things to you. Maybe you've just been sitting in the darkness and you can't see. Yes. Amen. Yes. The consequences of chaos are too high to ignore anymore. I would have to stand before God on judgment day, sister, and try to explain to God why I didn't face the spirit of chaos down. If he told me to do it, I didn't. That's right. And the very fact that I'm willing to stand up and risk my entire ministry's career right here at this church to tell you the truth, all to tell you 
that I care more about that book than I do man's approval or opinions. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be over-assertive. I'm not trying to be a narcissist. I'm just saying God the Holy Spirit insists that if we're going to do this, we need to do it right so that we can reach the maximum amount of people with the gospel. But we'll never reach the masses if we can't even manage what little we've got because we allow chaos to interrupt everything we're trying to do. And it is chaotic when you come into a business meeting and you just mouth off and disrupt and sow seeds of discord and everybody gets upset and it takes a while to gather your thoughts. It's disruptive. It's not peaceful. It's not harmonic. It's a spirit of chaos and you need to repent and right with God and move forward with a spirit of peace and unity and harmony. I say that because I love you and I love this church. But the devil's blinded us and given us permission to, to misbehave in the house of God. And nowhere in the Bible does it give us permission to live at fault with one another and at fault with one another. And always have some our boxing gloves on when we come together to make business decisions. No wonder 75% of the church don't even come to the business meetings when we have them on Wednesday. Who, who wants to be in here when somebody starts running their mouth about stuff and they haven't got and they got enough spiritual sense or discernment about it to keep their mouth so that it's not relevant to what God's trying to do in the church. Amen. Consequences of chaos. Number one, there's no structure. Anything goes at the whim of the, the, the one that's the loudest. If we don't get a backbone and say, we've got to do things God's way. There's no structure. There's no substance. It becomes void. Without form, there's your Bible, no structure. Void, there's no substance. If we want to keep things the way they've always been, God has done too much for us to ignore in the last two years. For us to think that he's just going to let us slip on through the Laodicean church age as we've always been and never challenge status quo. If we respond to the Holy Ghost like that, God can shut it down in a heartbeat. And I don't want that, and neither should you. But I, I fear and tremble today. I fear and tremble at the risks that chaos looms over us with should we not start insisting on spiritual order. Amen. In every instance, in every meeting, whether spiritual or business, it needs to be a spiritual matter. No structure, no substance. I don't want to come and the, the house is full of people, but it's empty of God. No substance, no sunshine. I don't want God to withdraw to the warmth of his dear son's light. God is challenging this church. Maybe like we've never been challenged before. Some are mad at me as a pointer right now, and I know that. I knew I was risking that before I got up and preached. But hear me and hear me well. I'd rather you be mad at me for six months and then the Holy Ghost give you the heart to repent and get right with God than for us to go on like we are and pretend like nothing happened and grieve the Holy Ghost and he part because I didn't have the courage to preach what God said needed to be preached. Amen. 
And be careful before you go to the mouth of office and say, well, God never told him to preach like that. How would you know? You've never been called to preach. Amen. Ultimately, the consequences are ultimate destruction. Read the churches that were referenced in the book of Revelation, the seven churches of Asia. One of them had a seat for Satan himself. Yes. The seed of Satan, they were called. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be known as one that allows that Leviathan spirits, chaotic fruits, continue to disrupt the order that God is setting in place. And just for the record, God does give the pastor a vision for that church that God's called him to the pastor. And it don't always coincide with your ideas. That's why we preach, so that God can prepare the hearts to receive the vision and to receive the word and figure out how God wants you to participate in God's plan to reach more with the gospel. And God, and don't you know that if, if I was out of line and I'm seeking God with all my heart, that God would inform me? Oh, yeah. I don't think he needs a dissenter in the church to tell me how to pastor the church. I am all for constructive, heartfelt criticism. Yeah. I've received plenty of it. And I hope and pray that I'm big enough to receive all that I need. Because all of us can learn enough and none of us are perfect. But at the end of the day, I'm passing this church, not you. And I've got to give account to God for what I say and do here not you. Mm -hmm. So, unless you're willing to step up into my shoes and take over this position as the actual pastor, I would suggest you get on board with what God's doing. Yeah. Instead of always figuring out a way to keep me in check over something that's no, no, even, no, even, no need to keep me in check over. I ain't got no hidden agendas. I told you everything God's been on my heart so far. Everything's out and open. The lights are on. I ain't hiding nothing. I ain't after your money. Amen. I ain't after your money. And I ain't after just uh, changing the name of the church and running off the rails and doing whatever I want to without any checks and balances. Ain't enough, uh, that's chaos. That's disorder. I believe in proper order. That's my whole point. But we get out of balance sometimes. And by law, sometimes give the pastor no authority that the scripture actually gives him. I know this ain't no popular preaching. This is a tough pill to swallow on a Sunday morning. And I love you. I really do. If I didn't, I'd just leave you alone. I'd preach a little three points and outline. Let's, let's get out by 1159. I'd just give you what you want. If I didn't love you. Here's what I know. If we can take this kind of preaching with the right attitude and the right heart, God will put his favor on this church like you would never believe. Absolutely. God will do it. You know why I know? Because I've seen him do it. Let me tell you a little story. 
There was a little church started out with about 33 charter members, I believe it was. A little place called Yakimville, North Carolina. On Booger Swamp Road. Can you imagine? <laughs> In a little old furniture store building. Young preacher, fresh out of college. Just got saved off the, uh, out of the nightclub life. God called him. He saved him calling the preach all at the same time. He got up. He said, I didn't just get saved. God asked me to preach. Amen. Went to Bible college, trained, prepared for ministry. Got a call from this little church in Jacksonville. Would you come be our pastor? We formed a new church. We need a pastor. He prayed about it. God said, go to Jacksonville. They went over there and started preaching. They started seeing people saved left and right. They was hanging out the windows, praise God. They was having to bust out the doors, the balls, and add on here and add on there. It, it just started busting out the scene. Well, somewhere along in there, some cantankerous church member decided to give the trouble uh, preacher grief. Because he didn't like the way he handled things. He didn't like the, the fact that he took spiritual oversight and authority and didn't ask permission for every little thing God told him to do because God said, Look, what other authority does he need? That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. So what he would do is he'd pull out his keys and shuffle them during the invitation, distracting, clipping his fingernails. Have you ever clipped thick fingernails and how loud it clipped? Of course, we're playing, but this this rude, obnoxious. His he had a bone to pick with the bastard. They breathed their heart. They went to him privately, like the Bible says. They went to him with two or three witnesses. Then he went here. Then they brought him for the church with him, so they had to vote him out as a member. He said, and I kid you not, after that, it skyrocketed. Because the Lord tested the church. Are you going to continue to let one person who has emotional disturbance issues throw chaos into the mix of the entire member's conversation when they're trying to move forward with the Word of God and the will of God? And they decided the hard thing is to do what the Bible said, that which church pastors mostly don't do this anymore. They used to call it churching them. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. They just pacify. Oh, yeah. Act like it don't happen or just pray for the best. They don't want to address because it's uncomfortable. Who wants to do that? Who wants to do that? I certainly don't want to. I hate the thought of it. I prayed my whole ministry that I never had to see a day I had to do something like that. They didn't. God bless it. And that church went, uh, went through, let's see, uh, they built a sanctuary that seated 700 and filled it up in about three years. And then they had to build another sanctuary that seated 2,200. And they saw it was packed out many Sundays. God just saving people left and right because the church put things in biblical order and God blesses order, not chaos. And I'm just telling you, I just want, you might as well get ready as a church member of Washington Heights Baptist Church that as the Holy Spirit of God leads, we will be putting things in order that are out of biblical order. And we will be holding people accountable to that. Amen. And I hope you hear me loud and clear. Amen. Because the consequences are destruction to the ministry if we don't deal with it. Yes. Let's not pretend that we can just act like we're getting along when really there's resentment. There's an ulterior motive, possibly. And if, if this is speaking to you, you know exactly who you are. 
Lord has revealed to me that there's been some uh, gossiping going on about me that's not been so nice and polite. Say, what have you heard? I only heard what God told me. That it's happening. I don't know the specifics, but the Holy Spirit don't lie. And God's saying, I'm dialing your number today. You better get your mouth off of my man and get in line with what God's doing, or you won't have to pay the consequences. Amen. The Bible says, He that sinneth rebuke before all, so that others also may fear. And we're that close. We're that close. So my admonishment to you today is to repent before it gets to that level. Amen. We don't want to go there. But I have done what the Bible said to do. I have already rebuked before all without calling any names. The next level would have to be calling names if repentance is not forthcoming. Because this church cannot afford having Caesar's discord continuously thrown into the conversation and us trying to move forward with the move of God. Everybody stand your feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. Joe, come to the piano. You might want to come pray. That'd be a good idea, I think. Ask God. It'd be a lot easier on everybody if we would all just check our own hearts and check our own spirits and our own attitudes and make sure that we are where we need to be with God. That, that kind of preaching will run people off. It might, but it might also hurt our hearts. It might also purify the church. And we might see thousands come to Christ as a result of our desire to seek the Lord. And instead of rising in rebellion, humbly submit to the authority of God's word. Would you pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I've done exactly what I believe you called me to do today. Lord, I didn't like it, but I respect you, sir. And I love you. Lord, this is the hardest message I've ever had to preach. And I may get a lot of grief over it. Lord, I pray that your word will not go forth void, but it will accomplish what you sent it to accomplish. Lord, I don't pray for my own protection, but I do pray for the protection of my family. I pray that no one will be a casualty of war. This, this message is for restoration, for reconciliation, move forward together, not separately. I don't want to run anybody off. But when we have to deal with things, we have to deal with them. As unpleasant as that is, Lord, would you now speak? Would you now confirm the word of your servant in a way that if they can ignore me, that they'll not be able to ignore you? I turn them over to you today, and I ask you, take it from here. I've done my part. 
Send reviving, I pray. Send renewal, I pray. Send a reordering where things are respected more biblically than traditionally or legally. God, that we could say truly that we're seeking after you with passion and with fear and with trembling. And now, God, with your ability that only you have, and that extra measure of grace that's needed. The Bible says you're chasing those that you love. Help us to be thankful for when you chastise us, knowing that you have our best interests at heart. Lord, send revival. Send a stirring. Send unity and peace and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Don't let us get by, don't let me, Lord, get by with apathy. Lord, don't let me just allow things to go on. Lord, I thought about the old prophet who allowed his sons to live met whoredoms in the doorway of the temple and he never corrected them Lord the Bible said the lamp of God drew them in the house of the Lord now that old man of God sat and fell back off a wall I believe it was and broke his neck died a dishonorable death because he didn't preach an honorable uh, ministry Lord, the only integrity we have is the integrity of your word. If we can't promote your word and insist and demand that we can all, including myself, are held accountable to it, then what are we doing? We're wasting our time. God, help us to not be another average and ordinary, mediocre church that's going to be dead 15 or 20 years anyway because uh, we're to care more about our own opinions and our own traditions than we do doing what the gospel tells us to do, which is to expand and invest in the kingdom. And Lord, if, if need be, give everything that we've got so that the kingdom of God can expand through the gospel. Help us to quit pinching pennies and holding things back, figuring out how little we can get by with giving to you and spending for you and start figuring out how much we can give to you, how far we can go for you. I don't want to leave anything on the field, oh God. Rebuke that spirit of scarcity, I pray, and put it back in proper biblical order because the Bible says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, but he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Help us to become a bountiful church of God, I pray in Jesus' name. Send us givers and tithers and sacrificers and workers. Send us people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And Lord, if we who are here today don't want to rise to the occasion, send and overwhelm us with spirit-filled individuals who are people of activity that will rise up and follow the vision of the Holy Ghost for this church and this region so that we can reach the masses and not allow the devil to silence us any longer with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do it, I pray, O oh God. In Jesus' name, my family, will y'all come up? And I want you to sing the closing song. And I want it to be the blessing. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we bless and we curse not. Right.
Jesus, as he was nailed to the cross, spoke forth nothing but blessing for those who put him there. And I wish you no harm. I wish you only the best. Only the brightest. I pray that God lifts that burden off of you and opens your blinded eyes and participated in that old snaky devil and decide that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do us right. We're going to watch and see what God does together all the way to the promised land.